Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 13 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And episode 13 marks the beginning of the bowl preview series. That's right. We've got 41 bowl games that we're going to have to take a look at and break down. And the first 21 will be covered in this podcast. I know that there are a lot of guys that have decided to skip the bowl game and prepare for the draft. We're going to take a look at who's in, who's out, and at least one draft-eligible prospect who will be playing in each and every game for all of these teams. Now, obviously, we have to talk about the conference championship because since our last podcast, there's been a lot that's happened. And really, when you get into things, you have to talk about Friday night, first and foremost, Pac-12 championship, USC-Utah, Allegiant Stadium, really a CFP berth on the line for the Trojans and honestly it was that hamstring injury that Caleb Williams sustained on that 58 yard run spectacular play but he felt his hamstring pop and you could tell the limited mobility really affected his elusiveness in the pocket really there wasn't much of of that but what you still saw was a kid that was fighting through it and really was a gamer and what I'll say is some of the throws that he was making off one leg are throws that not too many guys can make on two legs. Uh, you know, he reminds you a lot of, of Patrick Mahomes with the way that he plays. And look, very deserving of the Heisman Trophy. Caleb Williams is, is a guy that I think everyone's going to be excited about talking about in next year's draft. Who's going to be that first overall pick? I think Caleb Williams is going to be your early favorite to be that guy. Some people may feel that it's Drake May. Look, with Caleb Williams, what you've got is a guy who is a dynamic playmaker, especially when he escapes the pocket. He is not a guy that is without flaws. He needs to make sure that he's seeing the field a lot better. You know, a lot of times he'll lock on to his primary receiver and not really come off. It's almost predetermined at times. Not take what the defense is giving him. He's looking for that home run shot instead of finding those guys underneath a lot of times who are wide open on these second and third down plays be able to extend some of those drives uh, that's where I would get himself into trouble at times also when he's actually in the pocket being able to make those throws outside the numbers with consistency I think when you saw him effect, you know, most effective was throwing the football down the field between the hashes you know that, that throw to Jordan Addison was right down the middle of the field hitting Jordan Addison in stride right over his shoulder he did that spin move uh, enter to the end zone against the Cardinal I think those are some of the things that Caleb Williams really needs to focus on in 2023. USC still heading to the Cotton Bowl to take on Tulane, and we'll be talking about the Trojans much, much more. You know, hats off to Utah. The physicality was really something that, that stood out. I, I was h- hyping up USC's offensive line, and uh, I'll tell you what, they, they got beat up. You know, a- Andrew Voorhees did not play. Uh, Justin Dietrich had a rough game. Brett Nealon, uh, the lower leg injury. Um, Ended up getting a bull rush by Simone Peppa, and the leg just kind of gave out on him. And, uh, you know, that, that's really unfortunate for him. I think he was a draft-worthy uh, center uh, because of his athleticism, his ability to climb to the second level. Uh, so that's going to be a huge concern going forward is, is his overall health. And, look, Clark Phillips, Jordan Addison, that was a fun matchup to watch. Uh, you know, I thought there were times where Clark Phillips got the best better of Jordan Addison. There was also a play where... Addison wound up running running free. I think it was a corner route that he ran. It was lined up in the slot and really kind of takes to the inside and was able to use his hands to kind of push Clark 
Phillips away and then pivot head to the outside and uh, Clark Phillips tried to grab him tried to get that defensive pass interference because he knew he was beaten ultimately falls down Jordan Addison down the field for a big play and Caleb Williams again throwing off one foot um, but Utah look with that defense and then Cameron rising um, you know the interesting thing with Cam rising is he's he's another guy he's a tough dude you know he took that huge hit from Raylan Goforth popped up um, with a smile on his face even after the helmet got got knocked off and uh, you know his, his, his tight end Dalton Kincaid won't be playing in the bowl game but just put on that last game against USC or I'm sorry the first game against USC where he just dominated over 200 yards receiving this is the guy who I, to, he's my number two tight end I know some people will talk about Tucker Kraft talk about Darnell Washington but I think Dalton Kincaid is special with the ball in his hands and uh, he was able to showcase some of that uh, it was limited a little bit with injuries I think that's a big reason why he's sitting out the bowl game we know Toledo beat Ohio 17 to 7 we'll be talking about both of these teams coming up they're both going to bowl games uh, you know with Toledo it's all about their defense we'll be talking about that here in just a little bit TCU going down to K-State. You know, in ranked number three in the country, Max Duggan did everything he could. You know, this guy was deserving of the, uh, you know, the runner-up, if you will, for the Heisman. I thought Caleb Williams was was going away the odds-on favorite. But Max Duggan did everything to be that that runner-up. Um, you know, really almost willed his team to to victory. Um, you know, the, the, you saw some of the limitations though with with that arm strength, especially when you have pressure in his face, throwing off his back foot. Um, that interception that, that he threw, um, you know, there, there were some struggles there, you know, not able to get enough arm strength on the football. Look, Caleb Williams off one leg, backpedaling, was still able to, to fire strikes down the field. Max Duggan just wasn't able to get that done. Julius Brents for K-State on the opposite side of the field. I mean, this guy showcased his his length. This guy's got tremendous wingspan. He's a 6'4 corner. Uh, wanted to see what he would do against the likes of Quinton Johnston uh, and some of the other bigger receivers there at TCU. I thought he, he handled himself pretty well. Uh, got beaten on a play, wound up coming back, getting a forced fumble. You know, big play there. Then obviously you got Deuce Vaughn. Uh, the next version of, of Darren Sproles. Uh, so that was that was a fun game to watch as well. Going down to the wire, um, you know, Coastal Carolina. You know, uh, obviously Grayson McCall was was injured, so Troy is able to take a, take advantage and, and come away with the victory there. Uh, we'll be talking about Troy here and just and both teams really in a little bit. I think the big news is that Grayson McCall is looking to transfer. I think he's going to uh, try to get in with one of the Power Five schools, really be able to show that he can lead an offense other than the gimmicky, if you will. Uh, Jamie Chadwell, option-style offense, pistol, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they only ran a lot of different formations. So he's able to take that and, and showcase that ability, but can he run a pro-style offense? That's really where I think uh, Grayson McCall needs to go. A lot of people feel that he doesn't have the arm strength to really be a quarterback at the next level, a starting caliber quarterback. He needs to be able to prove those guys wrong. I mentioned Tulane. They rode the, run, the, the back of the running back, Tajay Spears. This kid is a beast. 22 carries, 190 yards, uh, and a touchdown. He's not the biggest guy. Uh, you know, I think he's 5'9", 195 pounds, but he plays bigger than his size, has tremendous breakaway speed. The contact balance is also there. He can run inside. He can run outside. I think that's what makes him a special, special player. And he's actually you know, got some pretty good hands coming out of the backfield as well. 
Georgia taking on LSU. They win 50-30 to 30 pretty handedly. Uh, you know, Stetson Bennett, just six inter- incompletions in the game, 274 yards and four touchdowns. I think Stetson Bennett has solidified himself as a mid-to-late day three pick. Not the biggest guy, just 5'11", 190 pounds, but he deserved to be there as a Heisman finalist there in New York. Uh, Broderick Jones, I thought, had a, had a solid game there. Uh, going up against the likes of B.J. Ojolari and uh, Ollie Gay. So that was a lot of fun to watch that matchup. But I'll tell you, the guy that really stood out was Christopher Smith. He always seemed to be in the right place at the right time. Heads up play on the uh, the blocked field goal by Nazir Stackhouse. Picks up the football, basically was making sure that nobody was, was looking in his direction and picks it up, takes it off. Uh, for a 96-yard touchdown. Um, I thought Keishon Bouti, this was one of his better games, six catches, 107 yards, and a score. Ultimately announced that he decided you know, he wants to come back to Baton Rouge for one more season, see what really is going on there with, with Brian Kelly. Maybe that's also going to mean that Jaden Daniels decides to come back for another year. I really think he, he needs to become more consistent as a passer. You see flashes at times, but I think he's a better runner now, right now than he actually is a passer. Um, Keishon Bouti, you know, look, he could potentially be the number one receiver in next year's draft class. He was going into the beginning of this season, was really looked at that way. But, you know, there were some struggles, especially with chemistry with Daniels. Hopefully they can come out and, and get things all firing there in 2023. Fresno State taking down Boise State 28-16 to, to 16 in the Mountain West Championship. Jake Hayner, we'll be talking about him here in just a little bit on the bowl game. But uh, Hayner's a gamer. I think he'll he'll find himself a home there in the NFL when it's all said and done. Michigan, 43-22, winners over Purdue. That offensive line, Olasegan, Oluwatimi, uh, you know, the Remington Trophy winner. Uh, also won the Outland for the best interior lineman. Uh, you know, you've got the physicality of Zach Zinter. Uh, Ryan Hayes has shown some of that physicality on the outside. I think Ryan Hayes really should be moving to right tackle. Um, but... You know, really, it was all about Donovan Edwards. Only a sophomore, but man, you know, you saw the Jets once he got out into the open field, he was gone. And, and the development of J.J. McCarthy as a quarterback—he's another guy that I think we could be, te- you know, talking about as one of the elite quarterbacks coming into the draft conversation. Clemson, 39-10, ACC champs yet again take down North Carolina. Um, that defense. You know, Miles Murphy not going to be playing in the bowl game, but shows off you know the, the athleticism, his ability to get a push up front, his ability to bend, uh, the, the strength in his hands, and, and the violent punch that he has as well. Um, but really, I, I think Clemson should be excited about the linebacker play. Uh, Trenton Simpson uh, obviously showed a lot of range. He'll be a guy that's likely drafted in round one, but then you got Jeremiah Trotter, Barrett Carter, the future is very nice for that linebacking core uh, heading into 2023. And then, obviously, Brian Brissy, you know, this was a guy that lined up, you know, at, uh, I think it was five technique, if I'm not, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, but also played inside in, in an even man front, showing off some of that burst, the power in his hands, uh, some quick swim moves as well. Uh, I think Brissy really solidified his status as a first-round talent. Um, look, Clemson, DJ Uyangalole struggled uh, just 2 of 5 for 10 yards. Ultimately, uh, Kate Klubnik came in. That's why DJ is going to be transferring to another school. Uh, it's unfortunate, but really at the end of the day, it, it's a move that has to be made. You know, he, he really struggled this year, even though he dropped those 30 pounds. Uh, you know, accuracy has been an issue. Touch has been an issue. Um, 
there hasn't been a lot to really get excited about with his game. We started off the season so well, and then it's just it's really kind of deteriorated from there. So, um, you know, I know his brother, Mateo, is, is a um, is a, a standout defensive lineman, considering one of, of three schools. Sounds like, you know, more than likely it'll probably end up being Oregon, if I had to guess, uh, just based on the fact that uh, he and his brother may end up being a package deal. If that's the case, Oregon with, with Bo Nix, a senior, you know, that makes a lot of sense. USC has Caleb Williams. You know, Ohio State already has guys in-house. So uh, it, it makes sense that Oregon would likely be the, the destination if they are truly a package deal. So that's kind of the recap, a quick recap of, of the conference championship games. Really what I want to do now is get into bowl season. This is one of my favorite times of year. Obviously, it's the start of really the, the draft process. It is really getting into bowl season. We have the national championship, and then we get into all the all-star games. And then we start talking about the combine and individual workouts and really studying the draft. Um, but the Bulls, I think it's all about the excitement for a lot of these teams. You know, it, it's a last chance to really see a lot of these guys play for their universities. So um, it's always fun to watch the guys really get get excited. Um, so we're going to cover the first 21 games. So if you're scoring at home, obviously the first game is going to be starting on Friday, December 16th. We're taping this basically the morning of. So uh, you know, right before the games actually start. So we're going to be covering the first 21 games, which will then put us right at the end of Tuesday, December 27th. So those first 21 games, we'll get into the final stretch here in a few days and talk about the remaining bowl games and, and the matchups to watch. So the first game that we're going to be talking about is that Bahamas Bowl down in Nassau, uh, Bahamas, and you've got uh, UAB taking on Miami of Ohio. Now UAB features one of the top running backs in this year's draft class, Dwayne Bride, 5'11", 215 pounds, the junior back-to-back -back, uh, seasons with over uh, 1,300 yards, had 1,713 this past season, uh, 32 touchdowns in the last two years as well, just five receptions, which is a little bit of a concern, you know, really not, not much of a, a feature back um, at the next level if you can't catch the ball out of the backfield so there are going to be a lot of question marks there to his game is he more of a, a two down back um, that's really going to be the big concern but what you have is a guy who can run with with physicality you love the vision his burst to get to the outside he doesn't have that that game breaking speed necessarily although i did see him bust off some some 60 plus yard runs in the game you love the vision through the hole his ability to make you miss the jump cuts at the second level sets up guys well in advance um, but it sounds like McBride's likely not going to play in the bowl game, which would be a, a huge blow there for, for the Blazers. I'm hoping that he does get to play one last time. We'll get to see uh, number 22 out there uh, in the green and gold. Uh, one guy to keep an eye on, though, on, on the, uh, the offensive side is Kadeem Telford, their offensive tackle. 6'8", 335 pounds, uh, massive frame, really long arms. This was a guy who I thought, you know, looked uh, he looks very, uh, looks the part. And I think that's why teams may be a little intrigued. But what you have here is a guy who loses leverage easily. Pad level gets way too high. 
Um, I, I thought that he didn't look very very athletic in space, labors a little bit when trying to pursue uh, you know, defenders on the move in the running game. You know, he'll look to try to manhandle you, manhandle you more than anything else, but he doesn't really sustain his blocks. He'll start with that block, and then he stops moving his feet and unable to really sustain those blocks. Uh, the other thing, too, with his pad level getting high, that, that hand placement gets too high as well. Uh, you've got ends ducking underneath him, or ultimately when he's trying to shoot his hand so high, the defensive end maintaining leverage is able to then put that strike right into his chest, gets him off balance because he's basically not, he's more on his heels than he is on his toes. So Kadeem Telfort really needs to kind of redeem himself. He's one of those guys that I thought had a chance to be a, a successful offensive lineman at the next level, but I think his play this this year uh, it was really left a lot to be desired. Now in the secondary, you've got Starling Thomas the fifth, and he's a guy that has been a playmaker there uh, for, for the last few years. He's 5'11", 195 pounds, you know, a guy who uh, coming into this season had three interceptions, 13 pass breakups, and I'll tell you what, this guy has been an absolute stud this season. Uh, you know, didn't pick off any passes, but guys wanted to kind of shy away from him. You know, had 15 pass breakups and, and a guy that, uh, you know, teams are going to be looking at as a potential nickel. Uh, number four for the Blazers will be a guy to watch on the back end of that defense. Now, for Miami of Ohio, uh, the guy that I'm going to be watching is Ryan McWood. He's 6'2", 224 pounds, instinctive linebacker. He just needs to stay healthy and stay out on the field. You know, in the last five seasons there with the Red Hawks. Uh, you know, he, he's played in at least 11 games just twice, 2019 and 2022. And in those two seasons, he had a, at least uh, you know 99 tackles. And a guy who he's going to take you to the football. He's very instinctive, loves to play downhill, has a little bit of range to him. I think the biggest concern are those red flags from a, uh, a medical standpoint. And, uh, you know, a guy who could make his way onto an NFL roster, be more of a special teams guy, but he's really going to have to make sure that he aces all those medical tests. Uh, and that's really the biggest concern that I have right now for him. Uh, Cure Bowl, Exploria Stadium there in Orlando, Florida. You got two ranked teams. Number 25, UTSA. That's right, Texas, San Antonio, the Roadrunners, taking on the Troy Trojans. And uh, with UTSA, look, Frank uh, Frank Harris is the guy to watch. He's six foot, two hundred pounds. Uh, not the biggest quarterback by any means, and uh, I don't think really he's going to be a quarterback at the next level. Uh, you know, he's sixty-eight percent completion percentage in his career, seventy-three touchdowns, twenty-one interceptions. And what you really love is what he can do with his legs. You know, eighteen hundred yards on the ground, twenty-four touchdowns in his career. Uh, very explosive, a guy who does a great job setting guys up. You see the the stutters, the jukes, uh, making guys miss in the open field and. <laughs> against North Texas in that Conference USA Championship. Uh, you know, Sean Thomas Faulkner, the safety, didn't go for his, his juke and his fake, so he just decides, I'm going to run over you anyway and still get my first down. Um, and so what you love is, is the athleticism. You, know, you see some of the arm strength. You see his ability to, to make a throw, a fade, uh, 17 yards from, from one hash to the wide side of the field. Just you know, really good touch on the football. Uh, you know, being able to, to lead his receivers, throw them open. Uh, those are some of the other things that you see with him. But you know, I, I think the accuracy. You know, I think he struggles at times there. Uh, not a, a polished passer within the pocket by any means. But what you love is just that, that explosiveness. You put the ball in his hands, and good things happen. 
So you see a guy like like Taysom Hill, and what Taysom Hill has brought to the Saints, just that that another dimension that you could see with an offense. Uh, the right team can get a hold of Frank Harris. You get a guy who can be a running back or a receiver and put in a package to allow him to throw the football as well. And I, I think you may have something as a, as a utility player there for, for your franchise. Uh, Zakari Franklin, though, is is really the top draftable prospect. He's 6'1", 185 pounds, um, and he's the Roadrunners all-time leader in, in receiving yards and touchdowns. Um, over 3,300 yards through the air, 36 touchdowns, double-digit touchdowns, and 1,000-yard receiving yard, uh, yards in back-to-back seasons. And you look at him, the slight frame, You know, obviously I think he needs to add weight to really be effective through the jam and really contact as a whole uh, at the next level. But what you do have with him is you see plenty of times where he is able to fight through not only the jam, but be able to fight through contact step through tackles and really make plays down the field. Um, this is a guy who uh, is an exceptional route runner. What I love though is the body control. He has this long wingspan that he uses to his advantage. You love his ability to adjust uh, and adjust to the football and then he attacks the football in the air. Uh, really soft hands, strong hands and uh, he's going to be a guy to, to watch out for. Number four there for the Roadrunners. And then it's safety. Clifford Chapman, he's 6'5", 195 pounds, and look, this guy, he started his career at Texas A&M um, in 2018, and ultimately is now at UTSA, and uh, really this was his first full year, uh, played 13 games th this season, had really only played about 15 games coming into uh, th this year, but you know, 68 tackles, Four interception, 13 pass breakups. You know, and at 6'5", you know, this is a guy that you're going to be keeping an eye out for, using that length to his advantage. You worry about the hips a little bit. You know, just how stiff are those going to be? I love his ability to, as a wrap-up tackler there in the open field, very sure tackler. Um, you know, looks to jam receivers when he's trying to cover, and uh, a lot of times receivers are able to get vertical on him if they do beat that jam. But, uh, you know, really a guy that is instinctive, uses that length to his advantage, can cover a lot of ground, and uh, is looking to make a play on the football. Transitioning to Saturday the 17th. Now, obviously, Saturday is going to be a full slate of games, and the first one's going to be played there at Fenway. Fenway Park there in Boston, the Fenway Bowl. It's going to be Cincinnati against Louisville, and this is kind of the awkward bowl, if you will, right? Because you've got Scott Satterfield, who was the head coach there at Louisville, and he's now going to be the head coach there at Cincinnati following Luke Fickle, who's moved on to Wisconsin. So his old team playing his new team, really going to be kind of weird there. Um, but when you look at Cincinnati, um, you know, a couple of guys that won't be playing that we'll be seeing on Sundays. One of those is Josh Wiley, the tight end, 6'6", 245 pounds. Um, you know, back to back, you know, I'm sorry, three straight seasons with at least 26 receptions and 300 yards receiving, uh, 15 touchdowns during that span as well. This is a guy who I think can play tight end. He can play that H-back role, uh, pretty athletic as a receiver, um, good straight line rudder, not overly shifty, but he can get down the field in a hurry. Uh, I think he's a decent blocker as well. Uh, saw him against uh, UCF get a good seal uh, on the edge there with the right tackle um, gets his hands underneath the pad level when he's able to do that you know able to keep keep his man pinned to the outside 
Uh, so I, I think he's one of those guys that's going to be a an early uh, day three guy. I don't see him uh, really coming off the board in day two just because of all the talent there at that tight end position. But I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a second or third tight end and, and teams will be happy with his play. Uh, the explosive receiver, Tyler Scott, also not going to be playing. The junior look, you know, 54 catches, 899 yards, uh, and nine touchdowns this past season. Averaged 16.5 yards per catch in his three years there with the Bearcats. Uh, not the biggest guy by any means, but I think a guy that you could put in the slot and, and could be a playmaker. He'll be one to watch uh, coming off the board sometime on day three. Just really want to see how fast he is. I think that's going to limit his draft draft stock depending on what he runs there in that 40. Um, defensively, you've got Ivan Pace Jr., six foot, 235 pounds. Uh, and look, I, I thought you know I was a big fan of his when he was playing there at Miami of Ohio. Um, always seemed to be around the football. And look, you know, he, I think a big reason why I enjoyed his play, you know, 125 tackles, 13 going for loss and four sacks in 2021. 2022 decides, hey, I'm going to go ahead and play with my brother Deshaun. And he doesn't disappoint. You know, 119 tackles, uh, 18 and a half going for loss, eight sacks, four pass breakups as well. Uh, what you really love, you know, watching him was you know, when he was getting inside, he would run right at uh, the center, Ricky Stromberg, when they played Arkansas, able to use a swim move to beat him and get to the running back to, to drop him for a loss. You could see him drop into coverage, and you saw some of that athleticism and range, and then the sideline-to-sideline -side ability. I think the move to Cincinnati really put him on that national stage. He stepped up his game in a major way, and uh, you know, look, I think they're penciled him in as a junior, uh, be a fourth-year junior, so he could come back to Cincinnati conceivably uh, along with his brother Deshaun. I thought Deshaun's uh, had a better season in 2021 as a sophomore. 95 tackles, 9.5 going for loss, 4 interceptions. Seemed to be around the football a little bit more, but look, when your brother is doubling up your tackle production there in 2022, he had just 55 tackles this past season. Obviously, there's a big reason for that, but uh, what I really like about Deshaun Pace is his ability uh, to make plays and be versatile. You know, he can make plays behind the line of scrimmage. What I love is his ability to to drop into coverage. I saw him play the uh, against that Arkansas team, a tight end Trey Knox. Was able to run hit with him all the way across the field. Uh, showed his ability to do that. Also was able to pick up Rocket Sanders, their talented running back, and, and run stride for stride with him as well. So he's another fun player to watch on the defensive side of the football for the Bearcats. And then flipping over to Louisville. We know Malik Cunningham is, is opting out of the game, 6'1", 200 pounds, a guy who's been battling some injuries. And look, you know, he's an explosive uh, athlete, over 3,100 yards on the ground, 50 touchdowns. Uh, you know, he had 1,000 yards on the ground last year, 20 touchdowns. Um, you know, struggled a little bit this year, just played in 10, 10 games, eight touchdowns to five interceptions. Um, a lot of that can be attributed to the injuries that, that he was battling. But what you see with Malik Cunningham, he's not going to be an early round pick. But the reason why he's opting out, obviously, is for a lot of those injury concerns. He needs to get healthy. He needs to get right, especially when he's getting into a lot of the all-star games. Is he going to get an invite? Uh, the other question is, is, will he get an invite to the Combine? I think he's proven enough in his five years there uh, at Louisville that Malik Cunningham should be there, be able to show what he can do with the football in his hands. I think he's a little bit better passer overall than, than Frank Harris. 
So I, I think there's a chance that Cunningham can get himself drafted late on day three. Um, but I think he still has a ways to go in, in his development. Um, so I would have loved to have seen him play against uh, Cincinnati, see what he could do against the Pace brothers. Uh, the guard, Caleb Chandler, 6'4", 297 pounds. I think he's athletic. I think he plays with decent leverage. He's going to be a, a, a good matchup there up front. Um, you know, what I also saw you know, against UCF, uh, the defensive tackle, Ricky Barber, you know, gets to his outside shoulder. He doesn't panic, shoots his hands on either side of that inside shoulder pad um, and kept his feet moving down the field, and Barber was never able to get to the quarterback. You know, what you love there is his ability to reset, position his hands, and then drive his man away from the pocket. Uh, so Caleb Chandler is a guy who has the potential to be a late round, late round pick. And then their defensive end, Yaya Diaby, 6'4", 270 pounds. Uh, look, this past season, seven and a half sacks. This is a guy who uh, has really good punch in his hands. He's going to drive that defensive end off, you know, back, get him on his heels a little bit. Then he can use that that move to, to really clear and get to the quarterback. What I loved, you know, especially against Florida State, stayed home on the backside on an end around, gets off the block of the right tackle, and uh, speed getting outside to drop uh, the receiver for a loss. You see him working, working, working. Jordan Travis was in the pocket for a good six seconds, kept working to ultimately get to him. You love that motor. You love the effort. We're talking day three consideration there for Yaya Diaby, but I think he's a guy that is continuing to develop. This was the first year where we really got to see him explode as a pass rusher, so I think better days are ahead for Yaya Diaby. We move back out to Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium, Las Vegas Bowl, number 14 ranked. Oregon State Beavers taking on Florida. And look, with Oregon State, you know, Chance Nolan transferred. He's in the transfer portal. So you've got Ben Goldbranson, that's the starter. Uh, you know, Luke Musgrave, the tight end, talented tight end, 6'6, 252 pounds. He's not going to play. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he's battling uh, injuries uh, a season ago 22 catches, 304 yards. What you love about this guy is he can get vertical. He ran a, a wheel route against Boise State. Uh, showed excellent speed and able to elevate and high point the football over a pretty good nickel in Tyreek Jones uh, in the back uh, back end of that end zone. And, uh, you know, a guy that also did a really good job blocking for his running backs before he did get hurt. Um, only got to play in two games, but I thought, you know, this is a guy who is such a weapon, especially up the seam, but you can split him out wherever you want. And uh, he's going to be a matchup nightmare, but he's also one of the better blocking tight ends in this year's draft. So, you know, he's one of those guys that right now I have him at number five in my tight end group, but it may also be recency bias with some of those guys. So I really want to hopefully see a healthy Luke Musgrave at the combine, really want to be able to evaluate, you know, this kid a little bit more, go back and study some more of the tape, obviously, with him as well, and compare him to the likes of, obviously, Michael Mayer's your number one tight end. But Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington, Tucker Craft, Sam Laporta. I think that's the group that we're talking about after Michael Mayer in that tight end class. Now, the best draft eligible prospect that will be playing in the bowl game could very well end up being Joshua Gray. 6'4", 288 pounds. He plays tackle, likely going to end up being a guard at the next level. One of the things that you worry about, though, they played against Oregon. Driven back by Noah Sewell uh, on a bull rush. The hand strikes really got him off balance. But what I, I loved at the same time was his athleticism. 
Watson's ability to pull around, be a lead blocker for his running back, Jam Griffin. Um, saw another seal block against USC on on Tuli Tui Pelotu, the All-American, able to, uh, you know, the running back set up the block, cut right off of his hip, and ultimately makes the play. Able to then block down on the defensive end later on, on that same drive, give room for, for Griffin to bust off, uh, you know, a 10, 12-yard gain as well. Uh, so you love his ability to block there on the outside. You know, he's just, he doesn't have the length to really be uh, a, a tackle at the next level. I think kicking inside the guard is probably the best move for him. And then there's Omar Spates. Uh, he's a junior there at, at Oregon State. And uh, I, I think this is a guy who could also be a, a nice draft-worthy prospect. 6'1", 237 pounds, comes downhill in a hurry. Uh, very quick reaction. You don't see a lot of wasted movement with him. Also able to scrape over the top to the outside against the run. Uh, very athletic playmaker. Uh, 23 tackles for loss in his career. He can drop a little bit into coverage. Uh, saw him blitz. Kind of those late delay blitzes. Times those really well. Um, what you love too is his ability to read the screen. He's blitzing the quarterback. Peels off. Ball thrown uh, ultimately into the ground because he really blew up the play. Uh, so Omar Space is a guy to keep an eye out for. I don't think he's going to enter the draft this year. He'll be a guy, if he comes back to Corvallis, they'll be absolutely excited for him. And a guy that I don't want to rule out at all is Jack Coletto, the do-everything linebacker there for Oregon State. 6'3", 239 pounds, started his career as a quarterback. I mean, and really his story reminds me a lot of, of Matt Castle because Matt Castle at USC was a, a quarterback and he was a tight end. He played special teams. Jack Coletto does all of that for the Beavers. You know, he's, he's a fullback. He's a linebacker. You know, he plays special teams as well. And he just, he always seems to be making plays. You know, you know had, what was it, uh, in terms of the rushing prowess, you know, 22 touchdowns. And I think, like, you know, the majority of those were from five yards or less. And he plays on four of the six special team units. And uh, he's just one of those guys that you want to have on your football team. You know, he's tough. He's hard-nosed. He'll do anything you ask of him. He may not get drafted, but I can guarantee you he'll be in a camp. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up making an NFL roster. Uh, Jack Coletto, Oregon State. So now with Florida, obviously we know that Anthony Richardson is not going to be playing in the bowl game. He has declared for the draft. Redshirt sophomore in his first season. Um you know, probably one of the more polarizing quarterback prospects in this year's draft. If you're just talking about athleticism, he's got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Levis beat. He's got the height advantage over Bryce Young. He's got the arm strength over C.J. Stroud. He's got better wheels than Will Levis. But the problem is, is you have to look at that 53.8 completion percentage. You know, and then 17 touchdowns to nine interceptions. He doesn't see the entire field. Man, those those traits just jump off the film. And if you can make get him in the right system, you get him to the right quarterback, coach, and the right offense, and behind the right veteran quarterback, we might see something out of out of AR. But that's really the biggest concern. I was a little bit surprised that he decided to declare for the draft. But look, there are a lot of teams that are looking for quarterbacks at the top end of that draft. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Anthony Richardson's name called early because they're betting on those traits if you can hit on those traits then obviously you're you're golden for the next decade look at uh, the buffalo bills you had josh allen who couldn't complete 60 percent of his passes 
But again, he went into the right situation. He had guys like Case Keenum, Matt Barkley, that, that were there to back him up. And really, that quarterback room helped develop him. Sean McDermott helped develop him. Brian Dable. I mean, you see what he's been able to do for Daniel Jones there as the head coach of the Giants. He was really the guy that, that helped mold Josh Allen into an NFL-type quarterback uh, there with Buffalo. Anthony Richardson needs a situation like that. We won't get to see him in the bowl game, unfortunately. Same with, with Osiris Torrance, the, the guard. Uh, 6'5", 332 pounds, a mauler. He's, he's my number one guard in this year's draft class. Follow Billy Napier to Florida from Louisiana. Keep an eye out for him at some point in round number one. Uh, so what does Florida have? On offense, they've got Richard uh, Garage. He's 6'5", uh, 312 pounds. Good point, punch at the point of attack. You see the hands. Feet are okay. Um, but really, it's all about those hands, allowing his, to be able to control his man. Sometimes the feet end up catching up to him a little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's speed that really challenges him. When they played against LSU, B.J. Ojolari getting those quick jumps, the speed rushes, uh, you know, able to really take off and, and beat him. Um, you love the movement in the running game there with, uh, with Garage as well. Want to see what he can do blocking for Montreal Johnson. See what he can do in the passing game as well. Um, and then defensively, you've got Jervin uh, Dexter. 6'6", 312 pounds. The junior, he's declared for the draft, but he's going to play in the bowl game. At least that's what it sounds like right now. I look at my notes, and I see the, the strength to bench press guys. You just see him taking, whether it's a guard or a center, he's bench pressing these guys and driving them back into the backfield. Running back has nowhere to go. He blows up the play, allows the linebacker to come in and clean things up. Uh, you know, also uses those hands to sometimes be able to get off the block and make the play himself. Uh, quick burst, getting uh, you know you'll see a bull rush at times. You know, so you have that speed to power, short area burst as well. Guy who has ten and a half tackles for loss, five sacks in his career, a couple of interceptions. So you know one of those guys who's athletic for his size at 6'6", 312 pounds. I think he'll end up being a day two pick. He's a lot of fun to watch. Same with Amari Bernie, the, uh, number two. He's 6'2", 228 pounds. Kind of a do-everything guy. He's a linebacker. He's a safety. Uh, could do a little bit of it all. And I mean, when you look at his stats, you know, you, you'll know why. I mean, 71 tackles this past season, nine going for loss, four sacks, two interceptions, four pass breakups. Uh, and and it, it's all about the versatility with him because this is a guy who's able to cover a guy like Brock Bowers um, and, and be able to play and run with him. I mean, really, when ba Brock Bowers ran that wheel route um, where ultimately he was able to tip it and secure it and run for that 73-yard touchdown, Amari Bernie was right there, was able to tip the ball with one hand, and the uh, you know, ball was kind of thrown behind him. Uh, you wanted to see Amari Bernie make the play, but he was in position, and had he turned around and gotten two hands up there for the football, you would have seen an interception instead of the 73-yard touchdown. He's one of those guys that I think could find himself hearing his name called uh, late on day three because of his athleticism and his versatility. The Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, Fresno State, the Mountain West champs, taking on Washington State Cougars, a program with a heavy heart. We know that's where Mike Leach, uh, the Pirate, once coached, and uh, RIP to a one-of-a-kind. There's nobody like Mike Leach and, uh, you know, unfortunately uh, passed away earlier this month at the age of 61. 
and uh, you know, my heart goes out to uh, to him and his family. You know, pr- thoughts and prayers definitely with uh, you know, Washington State, Texas Tech, his current home, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Oklahoma, all the different programs where Mike Leach made an impact. College football just won't be the same without having Mike Leach patrolling the sidelines. Uh, but with that said, we'll jump back into the LA Bowl. And you look at Fresno State, Jake Hayner is going to be the guy. Six foot, 200 pounds. This was a guy who transferred into Fresno as a, you know, as a, as a junior in, in 2020. Came from Washington. And uh, you know, before, really at the end of the 2021 season, thought he was going to transfer back to Washington, decides to stay, plays in the bowl game. This is a guy who, against UCLA, was a was a gamer. Battled through injury. I mean, this he was just taking kidney shot after kidney shot. He could barely stand, and was still able to lead the Bulldogs to an upset victory over the the, the Bruins in the Rose Bowl, I believe. Uh, 66 touchdowns in his career, 18 interceptions, over 68% completion percentage, uh, 8,800 yards through the air. You love the ball placement. You love the anticipation uh, with him as well. Uh, you know, I think at times he struggles with some of the touch. I think that's something that you'll definitely see with, with his game. But, uh, man, he's he's so tough, you know, and you know he's not afraid to stand in the pocket and take a hit. He will wait for those receivers to come across the field or to get open. Um, understands where to go with the football. He's really a lot of fun to watch. I think the the game man, within the game will be watching him take on uh, you know that Washington State defense. And uh, look, with the Cougars, a lot of their guys aren't going to be playing. Um, they've got some guys that have entered the transfer portal on the defensive front there with uh, uh, Travion Brown, Francisco Maigoa, the linebacker one of their, their better players. They've entered the transfer portal. Then you have Dayon Henley, who is uh, also sitting out the game. He's preparing for the NFL draft. Buckus finalist, 6'1", 220 pounds, transferred from Nevada, and in the one game there with the Cougs, over 100 tackles, 12 going for loss, four sacks, a guy who just seemed to be around the football at all times, so instinctive, his ability to, to, to play sideline to sideline, drop into coverage, uh, just that nose for the football that you love. And uh, I, I think he's a guy, could he challenge potentially as a as a day two pick? Sure. You know, he may end up being a, a fourth rounder. Really want to see what that 40 time is because we know what ends up happening. If he ends up running in the four fours or four fives, then suddenly you're talking about a guy that's going to be shooting up draft boards on, on day number two. I think third, fourth round, really realistically makes a lot of sense there for uh, number one of the Washington State Cougars. Um, when Washington State has the football, Cam Ward, incarnate word transfer, 6'2", 220 pounds, look, over 3,000 yards through the air, 64% complete, completion percentage, 23 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. This is a guy who showed off his athleticism, You know, was able to kind of look like Cam, uh, Caleb Williams' light because he was able to make guys miss in the backfield, move around, keep his eyes down the field, and cut it loose down the football field, have really good arm strength, especially on the, on the move, not always able to set his feet and still be able to get the shoulders and the hips around and, and hit his receiver on the money. You see the, the excellent ball placement, the anticipation on the throws, and um, you know a guy who just he spread the football around a lot. 
you know, has six receivers with, with over 20 uh, receptions on the year. A guy who just knows what to do with the football. You'll see him change those arm angles to fit it into his receiver as well. Look, he's a guy who's coming in. I believe he's only a redshirt sophomore, so he could absolutely come back to the Palouse. Uh, I fully expect him to do that, much like Michael Penix is coming back to Seattle for, for the Washington Huskies. But he's one of those guys, to me, outside of that top echelon of quarterbacks, he can move his name to the top of that second level of quarterbacks because I think, you know, he is 6'2". Uh, you know, he probably is a little bit shorter than that. He might be six foot, maybe 6'1", but he's a playmaker, a guy that, you know, he when he's asked to play off-platform, he can absolutely do that. And, uh, again, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and then, obviously, for Fresno State, when you're talking about them on the defensive side of the football, you got to watch out for 99, David Perales. When you look at him, he's 6'3", 250 pounds, not the most physically imposing guy, but he just knows how to play football. And that's what I think is going to give him a chance, is all that effort. Um, you know, 37 tackles for loss, 22 sacks, including 10.5 this past season, which put him among uh, the nation's best uh, in the FBS. And really what you see here is the speed to power and the leverage. The bull rush, driving guys into the backfield, ability to get his hand up into the passing lane as well. Uh, you know, four pass breakups this past season. Um, looking at my notes, uh, it didn't matter who was playing left tackle at USC, whether it was a Bobby Haskins or Mason Murphy, whoever it was, he was still able to use a quick slap and rip to beat them coming off the edge. Not overly bendy, but again, the effort for days, his ability really with that bull rush is kind of his calling card because he plays with such great leverage. I think he has a shot at the next level. He's been battling an ankle injury, so hopefully he's got a little bit of time to recover and really be able to make an impact there for the Bulldogs. On the back end of the defense, Cam Ward is going to have to watch out for Evan Williams. Uh, 6'1", 194 pounds, injured for four games, injured an ankle against USC, much like Jake Hayner did. Uh, but you see decent fluidity in coverage and isn't afraid to come downhill against the run. Uh, so he'll be a guy to keep an eye out for there on the back end of that defense, which now takes us to the Lending Tree Bowl. Southern Miss taking on Rice. Now, when you watch Southern Miss play, obviously Frank Gore Jr. is the electric sophomore running back, a 1,000-yard rusher, a guy who played quarterback a season ago. Uh, you know, really had to fill in for them, but tremendous athlete. He'll be a guy that we'll be talking about potentially in next year's draft cycle. Uh, but the guy I'm looking forward to seeing play is Jason Brownlee. They're, they're leading receiver, 6'3", 202 pounds, um, 52 catches, 819 yards, seven touchdowns this past season, the West Point transfer. And a guy who I was surprised at, at some of the speed that you saw with him. You saw the ability for him to, uh, you know, there's a game against uh, Louisiana and, uh, you know, at their own 24-yard line, drives the corner off the ball, makes a hard sell to the outside, slams on the brakes, comes back and makes the catch. The corner struggled with change of direction. Excellent route, turns to the inside, then shows off the speed to take it to the house, 76 yards. He has a tremendous wingspan. Uh, able to go up and get it, contort his body to make the make the catch, make the difficult catch. So he's a guy that I'm definitely excited to see play. And then for Rice, you've got Akena uh, Enichukwu. He's 6'3", 256 pounds, only a junior. And I'm not expecting him to enter the draft, but uh, 22 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks in his career. A guy that's just continuing to develop. He's a tremendous athlete, played defensive end to start out his career there with the Owls. 
now as a as a junior, a fourth year junior. Um, he's ultimately playing linebacker, kind of the edge rush position. He's the guy that I want to continue to see develop. Likely going to be uh, coming back for one more season, but he'll be a guy to be talking about there when it's all said and done uh, as a guy that could be a developmental prospect down the line. New Mexico Bowl, Memorial Stadium, Albuquerque, New Mexico, SMU taking on BYU. SMU, unfortunately, will be without their receiver, Rasheed Rice, 6'1", 189 pounds, uh, speed for days, big play threat, 96 catches, over 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. He's a guy that is going to be in that talk in that second round range. I've seen some people even put him into the first round. I don't think he's quite there. Be curious to see what he runs in the 40. Obviously, that's going to be a huge question mark there. But I think he's definitely a solid early day two pick, a guy that can go up and get it, and a guy that can take the top off of the defense. But for SMU on offense, it's going to end up being Tanner Mordecai, the 6'3", 218-pound quarterback. Uh, look, uh, interceptions, definitely an issue with him. 21 in his two seasons there at SMU after transferring from Oklahoma. Uh, sat behind the likes of Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, and Spencer Rattler. Ultimately wanted his time uh, in the spotlight transfers to SMU and look 74 or 70 touchdowns there for SMU uh, to go along with those interceptions um, a, a guy that I, I don't think has the best arm strength but excellent poise in the pocket does a really good job you know he'll, he'll find that arm arm angle to fit the ball in when he needs to uh, but you love his ability to throw his receivers open good anticipation excellent ball placement as well um, the limited arm strength, I think, is going to really be the challenge there for his draft stock. Um, a guy that I think is really going to have to push hard to wind up getting drafted on the back end, likely to be a priority free agent when it's all said and done. For the BYU Cougars, kind of a disappointing season this past year. Um, you know, the guy that I'm really eyeing is Blake Freeland. I think he's still playing uh, this year. The, the junior, 6'8", 305. So light on his feet. That's one of the things that I thought was so impressive. Um, you know, I saw him pull around to the right through the A gap, takes on the linebacker at the second level, an excellent block, and the running back basically using him as a lead blocker. Very light on his feet and pass protection. Can climb to the next level on an outside zone, working all the way to the whistle in the run game. Excellent punch at the point of attack. You see the lateral agility as well. Um, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that I. I kept noting over and over was in the run game as long as he kept that pad level uh, low and firing into into those guys getting his hands on them early he was able to control them and wash them down clear things out allow that running back to make plays and then as a pass protector really good feet like I said wide base keeps one hand low the other hand high uh, use that high hand a lot of times to one arm to control at the point of attack He'll look to get physical, but that pad level will get high. That's really the biggest issue with him. He'll start lunging, leaning, loses balance at times. That's the problem with those guys who are 6'8". I also don't think he's uh, he's the most physical guy. I think he could use a little bit of weight in the in the lower half, although I think he's gotten better there. I think he still needs to develop a little bit, but I think he's a better prospect than Brady Christensen was coming out of BYU. Uh, you know, so I think Blake Freeland's going to be you know one of those tackles. Uh, you know, on, on day two, probably the fifth or sixth tackle taken when it's all said and done. Now, we know that Jaron Hall is not going to be playing in this game. Could be because he's entering the draft. I don't think he's you know, officially said whether or not he's going to be doing that or not. But look, 6'1", 205, 
Uh, over 3,100 yards, 66% completion percentage with 31 touchdowns and six interceptions this past season. The guy, like 800 yards on the ground as well, nine touchdowns. Um, this is a guy who is explosive. You know, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's a guy that can get outside, make plays outside the pocket. Um, you see the ability on the move, getting those hips around, really driving it to his receivers. Uh, he's going to be a, a fun study if he does decide to, to enter the draft. I'd love to see him come back for one more year because I think he could end up seeing his draft stock climb. Obviously, we know that we've got Caleb Williams, Drake May, Quinn Ewers, J.J. McCarthy in this next year's draft class. Uh, but I, I think with the logjam there of quarterbacks in this year's class, Jaron Hall is one of those guys who could end up getting lost in that shuffle a little bit, which could end up pushing his draft stock down as a result. At the same time, if we see four quarterbacks taken in round number one, then there's a chance that Jaron Hall could end up falling into that second group of quarterbacks that can come off the board on day two. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how this plays out over the next month or so. Frisco Bowl, Toyota Stadium, Frisco, Texas, Boise State versus North Texas. Uh, the runners-up in their respective conferences, if you will, they both lost their, their conference championships. Boise State, I, I got a player on each side of the football. On offense, it's the tackle, John Ojukwu. He's 6'5", 299 pounds, a guy who's very light on his feet. Um, you do see some long strides laterally, uh, feet kind of cross a few times, so that footwork needs to clean up a little bit. Um, I love the leverage in the running game at times, able to stand his man up. Um, drive him back on on the run plays as well. Um, I thought he showed really good awareness on some of the stunts. Guys coming around, able to attack that that rusher coming around the end with his hands. Um, keeps his feet moving to block down and uh, clear space in, in the running game as well. Um, again, when he's able to stay light on his feet and square to his man and mirror him, you know he, he does a really good job in pass protection. But again, uh, needs to. Make sure that he's up on his toes, that he's not getting too far forward as well. Uh, a, a guy who I think could be a developmental prospect late in the draft or possibly a, uh, a priority free agent when it's all said and done. Uh, when you look at the safety position, you've got JL Skinner, one of the better safeties in, in this year's draft class, 6'4", 218 pounds. Uh, and look, uh, you know, nine and a half tackles for loss, a guy that knows how to make plays behind the line of scrimmage, seven interceptions, 12 pass breakups, a guy who's very active on the back end. Um, you know, in that Fresno State game in the Mountain West Championship, uh, was sitting as a two-high safety, and uh, a stop route in, in the zone by the receiver uh, was quick to read the throw, makes a break on the football, delivers a huge hit after the seven-yard completion. Um, you see him covering uh, the receiver in the slot, reads Jake Hayner on this out route uh, on the play, kind of stares down the receiver a little bit, drives on the route before the receiver's even out of his break, undercuts the route, nearly picks off the pass. You just love the, the instincts. You love his ability to make plays uh, both against the run and the pass. You worry about some of the angles that he takes, especially when he's coming from depth. Uh, you know, There was a big run play in that game by Jordan Mims, able to take advantage of the fact that there was a poor angle and ran away from him to the inside. North Texas, you know, they, they've got a, a linebacker by the name of Katie Davis. Uh, you know, Started his career there in 2018 and uh, really has blossomed into one of the better tackling machines in the country. Uh, in 2021, 120 tackles, 15 and a half going for loss, four and a half sacks. This season, 132 tackles on the year. Uh, and a guy that, you know, you see him 
flying around to the football. He crashes down, uh, makes a lot of plays around the line of scrimmage, taking on that running back in the hole. Um, you know, does a great job running the, the play down from behind, sideline to sideline ability. He's undersized, and that obviously is going to be a concern. But I think of undersized linebackers, you have to think of, obviously, uh, Jatavis Brown coming out of Akron. The Chargers wound up drafting him, and this was a guy that was a playmaker flying around to the football, played for a number of years there with the Chargers. You think of other undersized linebackers, a guy like London Fletcher obviously jumps out as well. So don't let size really concern you. Um, you know, there's a guy, I, I didn't mention Troy, and I didn't talk about who we would get to see in that first game of the bowl season. And, and I don't know how I missed out on, on Carl, Carl, talking about Carlton Marshall. 5'9", 210 pounds. This guy broke the FBS record for tackles in his five seasons with the Troy Trojans. 564 tackles. I mean, you heard that correct. You know, and this guy, look, uh, 51 tackles for loss, including double-digit tackles for loss in each, you know, in three of the last four seasons. Um, ten and a half sacks, six interceptions, nine pass breakups, eight forced fumbles. This is a guy who is instinctive. He flies around to the football. You know, he gets to hide behind uh, those defensive linemen and then shoots out and makes a play. Um, I, I look at a guy like Jatavis Brown and I see what he was able to do with the Chargers at the next level, don't tell me that a linebacker is 5'9 and 210 pounds who flies around to the football making plays can't make it at the next level. I look at Carlton Marshall. That is a guy that I think deserves a shot at the next level, needs to be drafted. KD uh, Davis of North Texas may not get drafted, but he's a guy that I think with that effort could end up being a, a special teams ace to find his way onto a roster and, uh, and stick at least for a few years. Uh, North Texas also has a junior pass rusher who's a guy, I don't expect him to come out this year, but a guy to keep an eye out for for next year, and that's going to be uh, Mason Richards. He's 6'3", 245 pounds, uh, 12 tackles for loss, 7.5 sacks. Uh, you love, uh, look, against UTSA, man. Had the stutter off the ball, quick arm over to beat the left tackle to the inside. Uh, really beat him off the football. And then drop the running back in the backfield for, for a tackle for loss. On a third and four play, you saw him loop around on his rush, able to get his hand up into the throwing lane and knock a pass down as well. Um, just the athleticism, the raw ability to get after the quarterback. He'll be a guy that uh, the Mean Green are going to love to have getting after the quarterback um, and a guy to watch here in 2023. Myrtle Beach Bowl. This game will be played on Monday, December 19th. And look, you know, Marshall against UConn. And, you know, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, with Marshall, look, you know, you had a guy like Rasheen Ali, a guy who rushed for over 1,400 yards as a redshirt freshman in 2021. He goes down, and ultimately you bring in a guy like Kalen Laybourne. Um, and you look at, you know, Florida State had the one game there in 2019, or the one season, 63 carries, 297 yards, had 10 catches. Um, not much of a factor after that. Ultimately, is dismissed from FSU. He's going to have to answer for that. But what you saw there you know, with Marshall, over 1,400 yards on the ground, uh, 16 touchdowns, also 15 receptions. This is a guy, look, he was third in the FPS in rushing yards per game. There's just not a whole lot of film on the guy. He's 5'11", 212 pounds. Um, you, know, you see some, some really nice uh, 
things out there on the field. You see him dropping his pad level, coming through the line of scrimmage. can be very physical. You see the, the contact balance. Um, that's one of the things that I think definitely jumps off the film. Um, he'll meet those linebackers in the hole. He'll truck them, run them over, and then continue to get down the field. He gets better as the game goes on. Um, he loves to get to the edge. Um, I saw him against Louisiana run over a pretty good safety. And, uh, Braylon Trahan um, falls forward. Always seems that momentum always seems to be driving him forward. Um, you love the leg drive, the low center of gravity, the guy that just is going to run through contact and churn out yards. But again, he's going to have to answer for the, the dismissal there at Florida State and really show that he can catch the football out of the backfield as well. That's really kind of a mystery there for him right now. And then defensively, I'll give you a name. It's Stephen Gilmore out of Marshall, 6'2", 169 pounds. A guy, look, uh, you know, nine interceptions, 31 pass breakups in his career. Pretty fluid hips to turn and run with the receiver. Um, you know, I, I keep noting fluid athlete. Uh, you see the recovery speed, even if he gets beaten off the line. That's one of the things that you like to see, his ability to close the distance there. Ball skills are evident. And I mentioned that he's a pretty fluid athlete. At the same time, the change of direction at times, he, sometimes he's a little bit of a, you know, a step slow, and receivers are ultimately able to... Uh, that's the difference between the receiver making the catch and him actually making the play on the football. Um, so that's something that you have to keep an eye out for. Um, is some of that technique getting out of his breaks. Uh, for Connecticut, Jim Mora Jr. I mean, when you want to talk about guys who are in consideration for Coach of the Year, goodness, UConn's program, uh, you know, you felt like this was a program that, you know, some people were talking about should no longer be at the FBS level. And ultimately, Jim Mora's got them in a bowl game. Hats off. You know, I, I thought that was a tremendous job there, and he's only going to continue to make that program better. Uh, you know, really on the back of, of junior linebacker Jackson Mitchell. He's 6'2", 227 pounds, tackling machine, 133 tackles this past season, eight going for loss, four and a half sacks, three pass breakups, a couple of forced fumbles, five fumble recoveries. Always seems to be around the football. He's instinctive versus the run, flies downhill to plug holes, option plays, you know, especially against Army, you saw him tracking down the ball to the sideline. Um, he's a big hitter, um, shows good speed to get wide on plays, forcing those running backs to try to cut it back to the inside. Um, a lot of times they'll get dropped by the defense flowing behind him. Um, he'll shoot through the A-gap. You'll see a nice rip on the center, goes after the quarterback as well. He's a guy that, you know, could he come out and enter the draft? It's possible. I think really what I'd like to see is him come back for one more year, really help Jim Mora with that resurgence with the Huskies. And uh, he's, a fun, he's a lot of fun to watch. Keep an eye out for number eight for the, the UConn Huskies. And then on offense, I've been talking about fullbacks a lot. Jack Coletto already. So now we got to go ahead and talk about Robert Burns, 5'10", 228 pounds, started his career at Miami, Florida, Ended up finishing it off there with the Huskies. And I'll tell you what, you know, they had Nate Carter go down to injury. You know, Devontae Houston was in and out of the lineup. So really it was Burns and Victor Rosa kind of driving that, uh, that, that running game. And look, Robert Burns didn't get to carry the ball a ton for UConn. But a, a dude, look, you know, 71 carries, 371 yards, two touchdowns. But you see his ability... Uh, the physicality as a blocker against Army came across the formation. Good block on the linebacker, allowing Victor Rosa to ultimately get to the perimeter. Um, you see the physicality coming downhill, running through contact. The thing that I really loved was watching him 
meet the mic in the hole. Big hit, throws him to the ground. He's one of those guys that I can end up seeing making an NFL roster. Uh, you love the physicality. You love his ability to block and be one of those lead blockers. Keep an eye out for Robert Burns. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl on the blue field, Albertson Stadium, Boise, Idaho. And, uh, you know, this is on Tuesday, December 20th. And uh, we've got Eastern Michigan against San Jose State. Um, with San Jose State, you got to look at uh, you know, Viliami Fajoko or, or Junior Fajoko, 6'4", 263 pounds. A guy, 46 and a half tackles for loss, 23 sacks, including nine this past season, uh, 12 pass breakups, five forced fumbles. This dude is a physical coming off the ball, uh, gets into the into the backfield to disrupt the run play. Um, what you love about him is he uses his hands. You'll see uh, his ability to attack the inside or the outside first, quick spin move back to the inside. That's where he gets his hands up and, and makes a lot of those those plays. Not always getting to the quarterback, but can still throw the hands up and make plays there. Stout, like I said, at the point of attack against the run. Um, sets the edge pretty well. And then getting after the passer. You know, he's not the most explosive pass rusher, but you're going to see a guy that um, you know can turn the edge at full speed, get to the quarterback, um, uses his hands very well. He'll use that chop and then a rip. Clears the the, uh, the offensive tackle and then gets after the quarterback. I think he's the better pro prospect of the two edge rushers for the Spartans. But Cade Hall is a pretty good prospect himself. 6'3", 271 pounds. Really hasn't lived up to that 2020 form. In just seven games, had 12 tackles for loss and 10 sacks. Uh, you know, This season, I thought, was a, a rebound after kind of a subpar 2021 year. 12 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. He does struggle to get off blocks. A lot of times, especially against the run game, but when he does get that, that, that explosiveness coming off the football, he'll get his hands into the chest of the offensive lineman. You'll see a quick slap, quick rip, and then he's getting into the backfield. Again, another guy who's not going to be overly bendy, um, but you love the burst, you love the hands, you love his, his energy and his nonstop motor. To me, Cade Hall, you know, he's, he's just an average athlete, doesn't always have a lot on that pass rush. He'll get stifled off of those initial rushes and uh, you know, doesn't really have a whole lot in terms of that counterattack versus Fahoko, a guy who I think has some of that in his tool belt for him. And then Nehemiah Shelton, the, uh, the, the corner there, he's 6'2", 168 pounds, a guy who uses that length to his advantage. And really, if you go back to 2021, the game against USC, you saw him take on... Uh, Drake London, there was a fade pass to the wide side of the field, ball thrown a little bit to the inside, times his jump up with Drake, able to knock the football away. Really the contact at the line of scrimmage kind of threw that a timing off. Um, then in off coverage, there was an out and up by London. He gets over the top of the route, able to go up and disrupt the catch point. Um, ultimately 29 pass breakups, eight interceptions in his career. He's a guy that could end up making some noise late in the draft as well. Now, the Spartans, I mentioned, are taking on Eastern Michigan, and you can't get excited enough about a dude uh, by the name of Jose Ramirez. Number four, he's 6'2", 252 pounds, and the senior was one of the top pass rushers in all of FBS with those 12 sacks, uh, 19 and a half tackles for loss, 63 total tackles as well. Um, a guy who uses his hands very well. He'll strike the chest of the tackle, drive him back a little bit, then uses those hands to then attack and get to the inside. Um, you love the speed to power. That's one of the things that I keep noting here. You know, 
lowers his left shoulder into the chest of the right tackle, drives him back towards the quarterback, uses the, you know, really attacks the inside arm of the right tackle to then get that inside rush to get to the quarterback. He's aggressive with the quarterback looking to roll out. You know, he'll shove away the blockers and uh, gets up the field, disrupting those quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, you love the speed. He can be a stand-up edge rusher. Um, you know, there was a run play into the boundary away from him uh, against Kent State, able to chase down down the line and drop that running back after just a three-yard gain. So you love the effort as well. And when you look at him in terms of that sack total, 20 and a half tackles for loss, that is more than anybody in history there at EMU. More than, than Max Crosby. He had 19. Pat O'Connor with 20. Single season sack record was Crosby with 11. He beat him with 12. Now, honestly, when you look at Max Crosby, 6'5", 255. The, the NFL type body, you love the length as well. But still, I, I think when you look at Jose Ramirez, he'll be a guy that'll be a fifth, sixth round draft pick, but a guy who knows how to get after the quarterback. And if you've got stats that are comparable to Max Crosby, especially what he's been doing with the Raiders these last couple of years, you have to get excited about the prospects of him uh, you know, really putting on a show at the next level, if nothing else, as a situational pass rusher. Liberty taking on Toledo in the Boca Raton Bowl there in FAU Stadium. And, you know, if you're Liberty, um, you know, you're probably talking about Javon Scruggs, the safety, uh, 5'11", 185 pounds, uh, a, a guy who can be physical at the point of attack, loves to play play downhill, um, not only, you know, against the pass, but also against the run. Um, you know, Demario Douglas, though, is really the guy to watch out for. He's a sophomore, 5'8", 165 pounds, diminutive receiver, but look, 977 yards through the air, six touchdowns. He's going to be the go-to target. But then you talk about Toledo, and I mentioned we were going to be talking about the MAC champions, and there's a reason why. They've got a couple of guys on the defensive uh, side of the football who are going to be coming back. Quinion Mitchell, he's a 6'1", 197-pound sophomore corner, redshirt sophomore season, five interceptions, 20 pass breakups. The ball skills, the length, he's the guy that we'll be talking about next, come next draft cycle. Dallas Gant, he's 6'2", 235. He's a junior Came from Ohio State, didn't really get a, a ton of playing time, didn't see the field a whole lot for the Buckeyes. 113 tackles this past season, five pass breakups, five and a half tackles for loss, has really good size, instincts there at the linebacker position. I think he comes back for the Rockets for one more season. Be interesting to see what he does as well. But the two guys I want to talk about are up front. You're talking about Jamal Hines first and foremost, 6'3", 250 pounds, 21 and a half uh, sacks, 46 tackles for loss. This is a guy that is very physical at the point of attack. You see that with his hands, um, you know, especially when he was taking on the tight end in the MAC championship game against Ohio. Bench presses the tight end, gets off the block, able to get uh, back inside to drop the running back after just a three-yard gain. Um, you love the bend coming off the edge, getting to the quarterback. Again, plays with excellent leverage. Um, you see his hands getting under the pad level, um, and, and able to either drive his man up the field or uses some of that speed, the power, uh, the explosive hands, driving his man back. You'll see a quick rip uh, after a slap, kind of that chop or a slap to the hands, speed rush coming off the edge, getting to the quarterback as well. He's one of those speed rushers and a guy that I think is going to end up making an NFL roster as a uh, situational pass rusher, if nothing else. But 
he showed that he can drop into coverage a little bit as well. So that's something that really caught me by surprise, seeing him drop into coverage. I still think where he's at his best is coming downhill, getting after the quarterback. But you love the lateral agility for a guy at 6'3", 250 pounds. I think he could be either a linebacker or a defensive end at the next level. Then you have uh, Juan Johnson. He's 6'3", 275, probably a five technique possibly. More um, number one for the Rockets. 45 and a half tackles for loss, 14 and a half sacks. Uh, first team All-Mac. This is a dude who, you know, you just you see the explosiveness off the football. You're going to see him dip that inside shoulder. That's one of the things that he really loves to do. Gets that inside uh, inside penetration. Very active. Keeps working to the football. Um, his game really is all about the burst off the football. He's looking to get early penetration in the backfield. He'll love his hands to get off blocks. Um, he'll get double team. He'll try a spin move. Doesn't always need to do that. So he's sometimes looking for that counter move. And really just stick with what's already working you. You know, he's got a good push-pull. You'll see that that ability as well. So he's got some versatility to his game. Uh, there's a lot to like there with, with Johnson. You know, I think people aren't really talking about him, but I think as people start to study the film more, hopefully he has a big game there in the bowl game and people can start talking about number one for the Toledo Rockets because I'm a big fan of his. Wednesday's game there, December 21st, it's going to be the New Orleans Bowl. You know that it's going to be in the, the Caesar Superdome, and you got Western Kentucky taking on South Alabama. Now, South Alabama, they got a sophomore running back with Damian Webb, just 500, 5'7", 208 pounds, over 1,000 yards uh, on the ground. Then a sophomore Husky back by the name of Yam Banks. He's 6'1", 210 pounds, five interceptions, 10 pass breakups, 10 tackles for loss in the past two seasons. You've got a couple of playmakers, underclassmen that we're going to be talking about for the Jaguars for a little while. Um, the draft eligible guys, obviously Jalen Wayne's a guy that you have to talk about. Uh, Six-year senior, uh, 6'1", 205. The name, yes, he is the nephew of Reggie Wayne. Um, over 1,900 yards through the air, 14 touchdowns in his career. Uh, really a good route runner. Um, I think I don't think he's overly explosive. You know, that's one of the things that uh, you're probably going to see there on film. But he's a savvy receiver, also an excellent downfield blocker to set up his, his teammates. And then for Western Kentucky, uh, they've got Jaquez Evans. He's 6'2", 245 pounds, a redshirt sophomore, linebacker, 100 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, 7.5 sacks. Then their quarterback, Austin Reed, a guy who decided, eh, maybe I'll transfer, decides to come back to the, uh, the Hilltoppers program. He'll play in the bowl game. Look, 64% completion percentage, over 4,200 yards, 36 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Now, I know his receiver, Daywood Davis, 6'2", 195-pounder, the transfer from Oregon. Um, he, he's decided he'd declare. I don't know if he's playing in the bowl game or not, but uh, this past season, 63 catches, 872 yards, 7 touchdowns. He is the big play threat, along with Malachi Corley, the, the underclassman there at the receiver position for the Hilltoppers. Uh, Armed Forces Bowl, that's going to be played in Amon G. Carter Stadium, the home of the TCU Horned Frogs, number three ranked team in the country. Um, this is going to be on Thursday, December 22nd, Baylor against Air Force. We talk about Baylor. Right now it looks like Siaki Ika is going to be playing in the game, 6'4", 350 pounds, junior. The guy takes on multiple blockers, uses his hands very well, um, bench presses guys 
uh, at the point of attack. We'll drive them into the backfield. You see the short area burst can get after the quarterback a little bit. You love the hand placement. Um, look, against TCU, he really wreaks some havoc. Um, we get his hands into the chest of, of the, the center, Alan Ali. Uh, gets him off balance quite a bit. You'll see that really against a lot of teams. Um, you know, Zach Frazier against West Virginia um, you know, would drive him down the line to kind of help set the edge. That was something that I thought was really interesting, was really watching how he was able to make that happen. Um, you see him throwing guys down, um, making plays. That, that's one of the things that, that you love to see. Um, you know, with Seaki Ika, he's not going to be a first-rounder, but he's one of those guys who's going to be fifth or sixth defensive tackle taken in the draft, which means he's going to be early on uh, on day two. Offensive side of the football, you're talking about Connor Galvin. Look, last season, he was the Big 12 uh, Offensive Lineman of the Year, 6'7", 310 pounds. Decent job sliding in pass protection, susceptible to that inside move, not overly quick with his change of direction. You see him anchor versus the bull rush, uses that, those long arms to his advantage. Um, you know, needs to watch that pad level a little, a little bit as well. Uh, going back to the defensive side, I, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Al Walcott, the 6'2", 219-pound safety, the guy who plays plays well in space, uh, was a team leader in tackles uh, against Texas. You watched him, you know, Bijan Robinson trying to reverse field after kind of getting bottled up. What does Al, Al Walcott do? Comes down the line of scrimmage, able to trip up Bijan Robinson with an arm tackle. You know, that, that's pretty impressive. Not a lot of guys were able to take him down with an arm tackle. Al Walcott was able to do that. You'll see him line up in, in, in slot a little bit. Shows off some, some coverage ability there. Uh, drives down on the football pretty quick uh, with his instincts and the reaction time. Little stiff in the hips, but, you know, he's one of the more active safeties uh, and a guy that I think should deserve a look at the next level. Air Force taking on the, the, the Baylor Bears there. The running back, Brad Roberts, is the guy to look out for. Back-to-back -back seasons with at least 1,300 yards. He actually had 1,612 yards in 2022, 15 touchdowns. He's a tough physical runner despite only being 5'11", 205 pounds. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a guy who's able to churn out yards and just, you know, it's sometimes it's two, three yards in a cloud of dust there for the Falcons. And then when Roberts hits it, man, he really hits it and takes off down the field, can get uh, plays and and yards and chunks and so that's a guy to keep an eye out for with, with the Falcons he'll be really one of the focal points of their offense Independence Bowl in Shreveport Tank Dell Nathaniel Dell not playing in the game 5'10 155 pounds back-to-back -back seasons over 1300 yards 27 touchdowns in those two seasons he's explosive on the outside does a great job tracking the football over his shoulder but a guy that also is a pretty exceptional route runner as well a guy that i think could end up being second third round um, when it's all said and done as well uh, but a guy that's going to be playing in the game that's going to be a, a draft eligible prospect um, is deanthony jones 6'2 270 pounds physical at the point of attack decent pass rush ability uh, a guy that can make plays behind the line of scrimmage. He's a guy to watch out for. Look, 22 and a half tackles for loss, 14 sacks in his career, including 13 in just the past two seasons. And a guy who knows what to do when he arrives at the football. Eight forced fumbles uh, over the last two seasons as well. Taking on Louisiana, they'll be without uh, their star receiver, Michael Jefferson. 6'4", 205, 810 yards, seven touchdowns. You love the vertical speed. You love his length. A guy that's going to go up and attack the football, use that length to his advantage. Um, 
you know, one of the things that I, I, I saw quite a bit was his ability to run those go routes, get vertical. You want to see the route running ability a little bit more with him. Um, but a guy that was able to separate, a guy that uses his hands coming off the line to beat the corners, knows how to get an inside release with his routes. And, uh, you know, he was just a fun receiver to watch. He won't be in that game, but a guy who will is Eric Garrar, the corner, undersized, 5'9", 178 pounds. But I mention him because remember Marcus Jones who played for Houston. Well, Eric Garrar, you talk about him as a returner. Three punt returns for touchdown in his career, including two this past season. He's a dynamic playmaker there. Very sudden with the ball in his hands. I think that's something that is, is evident when you start watching his film. Uh, as a corner, look, 25 pass breakups, eight interceptions, had at least two interceptions in each of the last three seasons for the Raging Cajuns. He's a guy to be on the lookout for. Same with Andre Jones, the pass rusher, 6'5", 258, excellent length that he uses to his advantage. He's going to drive his man back into the backfield. Pretty explosive get off. Um, can look a little bit stiff turning the corner, but look, 30 tackles for loss, 15 and a half sacks. You know, a guy that's been there a long time, six years, started his career there with the Raging Cages in 2017, but a guy that I think can end up being a playmaker on the outside. Uses that length as well to get his hand up into passing lanes. Then how about Zion Hill Green? He's only 6'1", 283 pounds, but another guy that knows how to get after the quarterback. 32 tackles for loss, 20 sacks. I've been talking about that Southern Miss game. This is a game where he was able to get skinny on the pass uh, on the PAT, then uses that wingspan reach up, right hand blocks it, and then Trey Amos was able to return it 85 yards for two points. Um, he gets a good push up the field. He'll attack the, the left shoulder, the inside shoulder there, the center, um, make a spin move back. The other direction gets to the quarterback, uh, lined up at both the uh, defensive tackle and uh, at five technique. Um, you know what you love is, is his ability. Uses those hands to his advantage. Drives guys back. I think he's athletic. He's active, and uh, he's just one of those intriguing options who can end up finding his way onto an NFL roster. Gasparilla Bowl, Raymond James Stadium, Tampa Bay, Florida, the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And again, both the Houston game and this game. Played on Friday, December 23rd, um, Wake Forest in Missouri. Wake Forest, A.T. Perry, 6'5", 206, over 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns in 2021. Follows that up with another 980 yards and 11 touchdowns. Uh, a guy who does a great job working back to the football. A decent route running ability. A guy that can also get vertical down the sideline. Great adjustment to the back shoulder throw. That's another thing that he definitely is able to do. Um, and look, he was able to burn Syracuse's Garrett Williams. Um, ate up a lot of cushion, planted to the outside, getting that inside release on a skinny post, makes that catch. Um, then he throttles down at the 15, cuts back to the inside. And uh, as he gets Garrett to open those hips up to the middle, cuts it back to the outside, ends up getting that touchdown. He's dynamic on the outside. I think he'll end up being in that third round range. Really want to see that 40 time. What you know? What is he going to be doing there? Um, you know, he looks fast, especially on his go routes. So he may be running one of those quick, uh, quick times for a guy his size. Um, and I think he does a decent job getting in and out of his cuts as well. So he'll be a guy. People aren't really talking about him, but I think as a third round pick, that'd be a solid selection for a team that's looking for a dude with a, a really long wingspan and a guy that can get down the field in a hurry. Um, you know, Obviously the quarterback, Sam Hartman, he's only a junior, um, fifth year 
with the program, and a guy needs to cut down on the interceptions. He's he's a he can be a playmaker, a guy that can get outside the pocket. Career 59% passer, over 12,000 yards for the Demon Deacons. Um, you know he's a system quarterback. He's a guy that's going to be a game manager for you. He's not. You know, that's, that's the reason why you worry about the interceptions. He'll gamble at times with his throws. He's a better quarterback than I think people give him credit. But uh, I think for him, he needs to come back and play one more year with the Demon Deacons before he enters the draft. Um, hopefully, he'll have a big year uh, to end the 2022 season to get some momentum going into uh, 2023. Now, for the Mizzou Tigers, you know, this is a team that's better than their record. There are a lot of close close calls. You know, if you watch that game against Auburn, uh, Nathaniel Pete ultimately fumbling the football into the end zone, goes out of the back, and they end up losing. Um, Isaiah McGuire, the defensive end for Mizzou, uh, you know, 32 tackles for loss, 17 and a half sacks, really good speed off the edge. You see that burst, he'll dip that inside shoulder, nice rip to, to clean and, and get to the edge, get to the quarterback. He'll split double teams using that quick arm over, gets into the, into the backfield. Isaiah McGuire will not be playing, but he's a guy that he's very intriguing, a guy that could end up being in that third, fourth round range conversation. Um, one of the guys, though, that I'm really going to be excited to watch is Chris Abrams Drain. 5'11", 178 pounds, only a junior, but 13 pass breakups this past season. Um, you know, one of the things that you saw going up against a guy like um, Brew McCoy. Ran a slant against him. Um, other receiver on that side got up the field. Then Brew makes that cut to the inside. Abrams Ray not only avoids that receiver, but he closes in a hurry and drops the bigger receiver after just a short gain. Um, you know he's physical at the top of his routes, top of the routes with his hands. Uh, a guy that has really good ball skills. You see his ability to, you know, with his pedal, stays low able to turn and run with his receiver, gets his head around. You see that look and lean against the sideline as well. I think this is a, a kid that has a chance at the next level because, again, those ball skills are evident. People started talking about him in 2021 with three interceptions. You know, I thought this year was an even better year for him. Looking forward to seeing, hey, you know, he has a chance to come back and play at Mizzou for one more season. If he decides to come out, I think he'll be a mid to late third, uh, you know, day three guy. Tyron Hopper, the linebacker, is another intriguing guy. Uh, 6'2", 224 pounds, started his career at Florida in his one season there at, at Mizzou. 68 tackles, 13.5 for loss, 2.5 sacks. Tremendous range sideline to sideline. I think that's something that really jumped off the film. Um, you know, There was also a, a play against Arkansas. Picks up uh, Rocket Sanders in the flat, drives on the football, leverage to the sideline, wraps him up for no game. Very violent tackler. Um, can bend getting uh, you know, off the edge and, and get to the quarterback as well. Um, you know, there was a play against, uh, against Tennessee. Really did a great job blitzing, bends underneath Jeremiah Crawford's pad level, just got a little too deep to get Hendon Hooker, but basically forced him up into DJ Coleman for the sack. Um, so uh, an explosive playmaker there at that linebacker position, a guy that I think will come back and play one more season, but a guy to really be on the lookout for. And then the Hawaii Bowl. I feel like it's a tradition to have Hawaii, the Hawaii Bowl, right around Christmas. This is Christmas Eve. San Diego State taking on Middle Tennessee. Now with San Diego State, another quarterback, Jaden Maiden, just 1,700 yards through the air, 10 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Aztecs struggled with that quarterback position. Uh, but Jesse Matthews is a receiver 
that I, I would love to see him get a chance at some of these all-star games. I think a really savvy route runner finds the opening in the defense, uh, excellent hands, decent uh, length for a guy who's six foot, 190 pounds. You know, if you look at the stats, hey, just 2,000 yards receiving, 15 touchdowns, nothing to really write home about. But this is a guy who, you know, makes really crisp cuts in his routes. A guy that can high point the football as well. I think he's a better receiver than people give him credit for, especially, I mean, the guy wears the number 45, so it's kind of hard to sit there and, and take the guy seriously at the receiver position. But he's a guy to me that I think deserves a shot, at least at the next level. Another guy that deserves a shot, wearing number 66 at D tackle. Not expecting number 66 to be a, as explosive as he is, but Jonah Tavai, six foot, 285 pounds. Low pad level off the ball. He'll split the double team against the run. Drops a running back in the back. But very effective as an interior pass rusher. Gets that good burst off the football. Plays with excellent leverage. You'll see the, the slap and then a, you know, a swim move. He'll get to the quarterback, pressure him. Uh, power in his hands coming off the edge as well to drive the right tackle back towards the quarterback. 35.5 tackles for loss. 23 and a half sacks, including you know at least eight and a half sacks in each of the last two seasons. Uh, he's a guy that I think has a chance to end up getting drafted late. Middle Tennessee, obviously you have Chase Cunningham, the quarterback, uh, throwing the football. You've got the receiver Jalen Lane. He's only a redshirt sophomore, uh, but 5'8", 183 pounds. He's their, their vertical threat, a guy to keep an eye out for there. They've got a, a very intriguing redshirt sophomore defensive end in Zalem uh, Wood, 6'1", 280, a pass rusher that can get into the backfield. Kind of undersized, really what position is he, is he going to play, but he's a, a guy to keep an eye out for for sure in, in the years to come. Three guys I'm going to talk about. Defensive end, Jordan Ferguson, 6'2", 262, a guy that knows how, how to make plays, 43 and a half tackles for loss, 20 sacks, six pass breakups, including five this past season. This is a guy who, who has decent bursts coming off the edge. Again, not, not a guy who's overly bendy, but he has that motor and knows how to, you know, knows how to get after the quarterback. DeCorian Patterson's only a junior. He's a fifth-year junior, six foot, 191 pounds. Six interceptions, 12 pass breakups, instinctive. You'll see him drive on routes, undercutting routes, making plays on the football. Uh, decent size as well. Is he a corner? Is he a safety? Started his career as a safety with the Blue Raiders. Ultimately finished the last three seasons as a corner. He could come back for one more year, as could Teldrick Ross. 5'10", 193 pounds, undersized uh, of the two, uh, but 33 pass breakups in his career, including 30 the last two seasons. Very active on the back end of the defense. So uh, you know when you've got a quarterback who struggles to, to really be explosive, you're going to see the Aztecs really rely mostly on the run game. But when they do decide to air it out, you're going to have to watch out for, for Patterson and Ross for sure, along with Ferguson coming off the edge, rushing the passer. Quick lane bowl. Ford Field in Detroit. Man, this is going to be a fun game for me to watch. Monday, December 26th. Why is it such a fun game? I love the defensive end, Carl Brooks. 6'4", 295 pounds. A guy that just knows how to get after the quarterback. And, uh, you know, when you look at him, he's a guy that play a lot of positions. You know, he was stand-up rush end. He play inside. He play outside. Could be a five technique. He was even a stand-up rush edge. Uh, you know, not only off the edge, but also uh, standing up 
over the A-gap, 46 tackles for loss, 27 and a half sacks. You know, a guy who challenged, you know, Chris Jones, not the KC Chris Jones. He went to Mississippi State, but Chris Jones was a six-round pick. He was only 6'1", 283 pounds, went to the Patriots, played for a few years in the league. Carl Brooks, to me, because of his size, because of his length, because of the power and the good quickness coming off the football, he's the guy that I think is going to be underrated and is going to get drafted in that fourth to fifth round range and is going to carve out a nice nice career for himself at the next level. Um, you know, you love the hands, the hand usage, slap, rip off the ball, um, stand-up edge rusher, jab step to the outside against the left tackle who then oversets, quick arm over back to the inside, crossing the face of the tackle, gets to the quarterback, um, just very explosive guy, uses those hands to his advantage, not only with the power, but uh, you know, using those as well with the speed. Two-hand swipe, shooting inside, shooting outside. He's got a variety of moves. Carl Brooks, to me, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. For the Aggies, New Mexico State, you know, they, they had to petition for this game. They were 5-6, and six, ended up getting their sixth win against Valparaiso. But here's the thing. You can't have two FCS wins and have those count both count towards a bowl game. Only one of the FCS wins is going to count. They petitioned. They wound up winning that petition because they didn't play a game earlier in the year. Um, for the Aggies, you know, you look at defensive end, Lazarus Williams, 6'5", 270 pounds, uh, 9.5 tackles for loss, 7.5 sacks. He was the team's leading sack artist from the season ago. Uses those hands to get off the blocks uh, in space. Does a good job playing both the run and getting after the quarterback. Really a guy, you know, 6'5", 270, lines up as a rush outside linebacker at times. So uh, you love that length on the outside. I love what Jerry Kill's doing there at New Mexico State. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a program to watch uh, over the next few years. And we've now made it to Tuesday, December 27th, the last four bowl games. And I'll tell you what, first one is the Camellia Bowl, Crampton Bowl, Montgomery, Alabama, Georgia Southern taking on Buffalo. And, you know, this is another awkward matchup. Kyle Van Treese had played five years at Buffalo. Now he's at Georgia Southern. So he's playing his old team. And look, you know, this is a guy over 3,800 yards through the year. Uh, Clay Helton in his first season there. And, uh, you know, 25 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. But it's going to be about Jalen White. He's only a junior, six foot, 215 pounds, fourth leading receiver uh, in terms of receptions with 22. Also 19, uh, 915 yards on the ground, 10 touchdowns. Um, he'll be a guy to watch out for. For Buffalo, it's going to be about the linebacker James Patterson. He's six foot, 232 pounds. Back-to-back seasons with um, over 110 tackles, double-digit tackles for loss. He flies around to the football, very instinctive. Does a good job reading the quarterback's eyes in coverage as well. Um, has four interceptions, six pass breakups, and look, nine forced fumbles in his career. Four of those, his freshman season. He's the guy that's going to be making plays all over the field for the Bulls. I think that'll be a, a fun matchup. Uh, you know, in the, the Kyle Van Trees Bowl, if you will. First Responder Bowl, George, uh, Gerald J. Ford Stadium, Dallas, Texas, Memphis, Utah State. For Memphis, it's all about the, the free safety. Quindell Johnson, 6'1", 195 pounds. This is a guy who can cover receivers on the outside. You love some of that, that playmaking ability. The range as well, had 10, 10 interceptions in his career, 24 pass breakups, just one year 
removed from a 100-tackle season as well. But he's got to do a better job when he is in coverage. Um, you know, Keelan Stokes in the slot really got his eyes into the backfield. Quarterback goes with a pump on a sluggo. Keelan Stokes with a quick head fake and a jab step gets vertical to the inside. Just ran right by him because he stopped his feet thinking that that quarterback was going off of that pump on that slant. And then next thing you know, Stokes is over the top. A poor throw by the quarterback or it would have been six. Um, you, know, you see that the ball skills, though, you know, against Mississippi State, his ability to, you know, he was taking on Makai Polk. You know, a big receiver there, third and goal, right hand at the back, left arm to the inside, goes in, swipes the ball away, knocks it away. Does a really good job there as well. Uh, can be physical as a uh, as a tackler, very active as well. Uh, Utah State's quarterback, Logan Bonner, is going to have to be on the lookout for where Quindell Johnson is on the field at all times. Logan Bonner, look, you know, he played four years there for Blake Anderson at Arkansas State. Decides to follow him there to Utah State. Um, has been the quarterback there the last two seasons. Um, you know, only played in four games this year, so it's kind of a disappointment. You know, want to be able to see him finish out his his career there with uh, with Blake Anderson. But defensively, really, you know, you want to watch Hunter Reynolds. He's six foot, two hundred pounds. Started his career there at Michigan, um, but very active. Um, you know, over. What 172 tackles in his two seasons there at Utah State, uh, three interceptions this past season, seven pass breakups. A guy that you know is pretty instinctive, and uh, you know, what you also love, uh, Nate Carter. I mentioned him, you know, playing for UConn. In that game, you saw him chase down Carter after 52 yards. So you love that effort as well, uh, coming out of your safety. Um, Alfred Edwards, he's a 6'7", 325-pound offensive tackle. Keep an eye on him. Um, he's one of those guys that people aren't talking about at the tackle position. You know, you, you saw the defensive end chop down on his hands, but then he would reset, get under that pad level. The biggest thing is, is in that run block, he wants to get too far extended over his toes. But, you know, like Kadeem Telfort, that size is so intriguing. You know, what is he going to bring to the table? Can't Is there enough to work with? Calvin Tyler, the running back, 5'8", 210 pounds. He's opted out. Uh, transfer from Oregon State. A guy went over a thousand yards this past season. Um, Want to see him do more catching the football out of the backfield? I think he'll probably get invited to the combine. We'll be curious to see how he does. Birmingham Bowl will take on Coastal Carolina and East Carolina. Coastal Carolina is going to be without Grayson McCall. Ultimately, has decided to transfer. You know, as I mentioned earlier, also leaving will be Willie Lampkin, their first team All Sun Belt center, 6'1", 280 pounds. Really what you're going to be looking at is, is Gerard Clark up front, number 15, and he's 6'4", 330 pounds. This dude was a 230-pound tight end, and he still moves a lot like a tight end. Ten tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. He's physical at the point of attack. will drive the center back into the backfield. A lot of times he'll just blow up those run plays. Um, he'll drive those centers back all the way into the quarterback's lap. Um, so he'll be a guy to really be on the lookout for. I hope he gets a chance to showcase what he can do at the combine because this dude is crazy athletic for a guy his size. And then finally, the guaranteed rate bowl, Chase Field, Phoenix, Arizona, the home of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Wisconsin, taking on Oklahoma State. 
everybody's opted out of this game, I feel like. You know, you've got Nick Herbig, 11 sacks this last season. The guy Benswell turned in the corner, the next great linebacker there for Wisconsin, 6'2", 227 pounds. He's opted out to get ready for the draft. Same thing with the nose tackle, Keanu Benton, 6'4", 317 pounds. Very athletic. Needs to work on that pad level at times because he will struggle to get off the ball, you know, with, with leverage. Um, you know, Ohio State's center, Luke Whipler, was able to dominate him, generating movement, getting under his pad level, especially in the running game. And then the center, Joe Tipman, he's 6'6", 317 pounds, a lot of length there at the center position. This guy's agile, um, uses that length to his advantage a lot of times. You'll see him sealing, you know, did a really good job taking on Jack Sawyer uh, on, on a rep there against Ohio State. Uh, tried to play the run to the inside. Tipman able to get his hands on Sawyer, seal him really at the point of attack. You know, you see a lot of that where he's able to pick up uh, not only against the run, but pick up the blitzing linebacker up the middle against the pass. Uh, very instinctive center there. A guy that I think is going to get drafted high. Um, two guys that are playing. The safety, John Torchio, probably the best draft eligible guy at this point. 6'1", 208, five interceptions this past season. Um, and then the running back, Braylon Allen. 6'2", 238, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. This guy is, is an absolute beast running the football. I think Luke Fickle is going to enjoy having him in the backfield. Oklahoma State, a lot of transfers. Spencer Sanders, their quarterback is gone. Mason Cobb, the linebacker. Dominic Richardson, the running back. Trace Ford, Thomas Harper, they're all gone. They bring in Sean Tyler from Western Kentucky. I'm sorry, Western Michigan. And is on dribbling from Washington State. Um, Tyler Lacey, their, their defensive end, opted out to prepare for the draft as well. A defensive end that uh, makes a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage, uh, more so against the run than against the pass. Um, so really, uh, you've got Colin Oliver, the, the sophomore, a guy that, look, 15 and a half sacks in his two seasons there. He'll be a, a fun guy to watch on the defensive side. One other guy on the back end of the defense is Jason Taylor, six foot, 215 pounds, 87 tackles this past season, six interceptions, seven pass breakups. He's a guy that I think has a chance to get drafted there for the Pokes. A um, couple of receivers to mention, Braden Johnson, guy that's battled injuries. Then you have Brennan Presley, kind of an undersized receiver, but explosive. You know, you're going to have the, the freshman quarterback, Garrett Rangel, throwing them the football. What is that offense really going to look like? It's kind of a toss-up when you're looking at Wisconsin and uh, Oklahoma State because both starting quarterbacks, I mentioned Spencer Sanders, but also Graham Mertz entering the transfer portal. It's going to be a wild game. Who knows what's going to happen there? Um, it'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out. So those are the first 21 bowl games. And uh, I'm excited. I hope you are as well. We've got another full slate talking about December 28th through January 9th because really we're talking about the college football champion national championship there on Monday, January 9th. So we'll get through all of those bowl games, give you some insight into who I'll be watching during each of these bowl games. It's time to go ahead and wrap up the podcast. For readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your weekend of college football. Bowl games are starting up. Until next time, I am out.